Well, Andrew began a series last week and then took off, um, focusing on a thousand names of God. And we're not going to do all of the names because we'd be here for a long, long time. But we thought as a church family, we would do the teaching this week. So here's how we're going to do that. We know that as we release testimonies of God's faithfulness and his goodness, it releases faith. And so I don't know about you, but I feel like this is a season where we need a little bit more faith. We need a little bit of encouragement. So I'm going to invite you to be bold this morning and to come and share a story of God's faithfulness and release that faith to others. And I know that we're going to start with my friend Stephanie and... um, and it's kind of dovetails, right, on the end yes, of what Stephen and Chelsea just said. That was fun. I love it. So if you want to tell a story this morning, I invite you just to come on down. You could sit in the front row. And when the person in front of you is done, we'll just invite you to come on up and share a story. Sounds good. Yeah, I can't wait to hear some of your testimonies. Um, thank you, Stephen and Chelsea, for sharing. So encouraging. I feel like the Lord is just going to drop like a faith bomb in this place for provision, especially. Um, I am so blessed to serve in the worship ministry here. Uh, It's a passion. I think it's amazing that God gives us gifts and then he provides um, a way to use them to worship him and to glorify his name on the earth. And I'm just so grateful that he's given me gifts and he's um, given me an avenue and a place to um, to learn and grow. Um, And so I found out that there's a a worship school that's happening in July, and um, I really want to grow. And like I said, and so I told the Lord, I said, I really want to go. And um, it's a substantial amount of money. It's not pocket change. It's, you know, it's, it it was, it's quite a bit. So, uh, but I had faith and uh, my husband said, hey, if you clean out the garage and you, you know, sell some stuff and earn the money, like, let's go. And so. That's like a twofer. You get your garage cleaned out. Absolutely. You would not believe the things you can find and that other people actually want. So that's a miracle. Um, But long story short, I started going through my garage. I started using Marketplace. I was planning for a garage sale and things because I love recycling too. It's uh, it's great to, you know, take other, well, yeah. Um, But... uh, I also received some um, really, really... uh, precious gifts from friends to help support me as well financially. And um, that was one of the most beautiful parts. But long story short, I had uh, a yard sale yesterday, lots of work, but the Lord gave me more than enough to attend. And um, I just want to encourage you that whatever need that you have uh, financially, whether it's just something that your heart desires that you imagine is, you know, impossible because it's not necessary, um, or if it's something that is a desperate need um, where you can't move forward until this, um, this happens and God provides. Um, I just want to encourage you um, to really step out into that place of faith. And like Stephen and Chelsea talked about, you know, giving and just surrendering and being generous is such a, being generous is a gift in itself. So yeah, I just want to encourage you. So use that God as your provider. That would be the name Absolutely, yeah. You're God who made a way through he providing. He is provider. He is. Yeah. So if you feel like you're in a place where you need God to show up as your provider, I invite you to stand. And I'm going to put you on the spot and have yes. you pray for these guys. I would love to pray. Lord, you see every need. God, you see each, each person in this room, Lord. Whether we are on the mountaintop or in the valley with you, God, you remain the same and you stay close 
Lord, I pray that you would speak to every mind and heart, Lord, that you would um, not only encourage us and grow us in faith to trust you, but God, you would give us ideas and strategies on how to continue to grow in our financial responsibility or um, to to provide and to put our hands to work Um, because God does bless everything that we put our hands to. And um, Lord, I just thank you and I praise you. Lord, I pray for more and more and more of you, Lord, that this would just be a beautiful testimony. Lord, may we never forget the good things that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, God, that you are our provider. Janet Hinman, looks, I saw you rushing down. Come on up and join me here. This wasn't exactly what I planned for this morning. Me neither. But, <laughs> um, just the song that we sang this morning, the Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, that brought back such memories for me and an experience that I had with God about five years ago. Um, my husband was diagnosed with uh, chronic lymphocytic leukemia, and uh, that was a scary place for me. And, but God told us that, and the doctors told us that this was a wait and watch disease. There's no cure, and you just kind of wait and watch. Well, about a year later, uh, my husband had started losing uh, strength. He started losing weight. He started losing muscle mass, and we didn't know what was going on, and we went to the doctors, and um, they sent us, they said, oh, we, you know, they did a bunch of tests and stuff. And so they sent us to UCSF in San Francisco. We met with a neurologist there. And they did, again, number of many, many tests and trying to see what was going on with his body uh, and why, if there was any correlation with the, the leukemia that he had, because that's an autoimmune disease. And so it does affect your body. And so for the next year, we were continually going to doctors and tests, and um, they kept going, we don't know, we don't, we don't know what's going on, we don't know what's happening to his body. And so um, we started praying, saying, okay, Lord, you know, what, what do we do now? You know, we, we need to trust you to, to just give us direction and guidance. And so um, my daughter suggested that, well, why don't you go to Mayo Clinic? Let's, you know, I said, well, that's really hard to get into. And so I said, okay, you know, so we just, God, go before us and open that door. Well, when I called to make an appointment, they said, well, you have to send all your records and it'll probably be at least a year before you can even get in to Mayo Clinic. So I said, okay, you know, well, we're just going to submit the stuff. Well, three weeks later, and we had had people praying for us, you know, just, you know, God, give us an open door. And three weeks later, Mayo Clinic called me and says, we have an opening and your husband can come down and you know, we'll do this. And so we went to Mayo Clinic and they did, again, a numerous amount of tests. And like uh, Stephen was saying, you know, the doctor bills were going, but there was an advantage with the doctor bills being provided because we were over 65, so praise God for Medicare. So God uh, makes creative ways. He makes sometimes. creative ways for you. So, you know, he waited till we were 65 to have this happen. Um, and so we went to Mayo Clinic and they figured out that um, 
He didn't have anything, it wasn't connected to his leukemia, but it was an autoimmune attack on his body. And he had massive, massive inflammation in his complete, in his body. And so they said, you need to go to a rheumatologist. And so they sent us back home. And um, we tried to get into the neurologist, I mean, to the rheumatologist here in Chico, there's only one. And he said, no, um, you need to go back to San Francisco. You need to go back to UCSF. And so we started the whole trail again. And so I called UCSF and they said, well, we can't see you. This was in the summer. And he said, we can't see you till January. And so I said, okay, okay, Lord. And so we had people praying for us. We had gone to the healing room and we just continued trusting God with what was going on. And um, in the meanwhile, we had gone, the last trip that we had gone to UCS, and this is where the song comes in about the Lord bless us. And um, they had, again, told us, okay, just go home, you know, just wait and watch. And so we had stopped at my sister-in-law's house, and I woke up early that morning, and I knew what I had to do with God. I said, God, I need to trust you with this. I need to... I hadn't done this, and I said, I need to give you my husband. I said, I need to release him into your hands, and whatever happens, happens. And um, I just need your peace. And so I had gotten up really early, and I just started walking around my sister-in-law's house, and I was just praying, God, just show me, you know, help me to just release him to you. And, uh, and then that song kept coming into my head, the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace. And I sat down. It was early morning. And I sat down in the lawn chair. And I was just praying, okay, God, help me. Help me to release my husband to you. I trust you. And all of a sudden, and I just closed my eyes. And all of a sudden, the, the leaves just started rustling on the bushes. And I just felt... I mean, this was so awesome. I just felt like the Holy Spirit was meeting me, and the wind was rustling. I thought, okay, Lord, you're going to be gracious to me. And then the sun came out, and it started shining on me. And I was praying that word, the verse, may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And I just felt God speaking to me, the sun shining on me. He was on my face, and I lifted my hand up to him, and I said, God, just grab my hand. I can't do this by myself. And he met me that day. I have never experienced anything like that in my life. And I, could, I just felt this complete peace go throughout my body. And I released my husband that day into the hands of Jesus. And when we went to the doctor in, May, in the UCSF that six months later, the doctor there said, wow, he goes, what's been going on? Have you been taking medication? And we said, no, we just, you know, just prayer. And he said, your body is 50% better than it was before. He goes, you hardly have any inflammation left in your body. So praise God for that. And so she says, we're not going to put you on this heavy-duty medication that they were recommending. We're just going to give you this really low-dose anti-inflammatory. And my husband has been in remission for five years now. So I just Amen. praise God. Don't leave yet.
God, who is our healer, who is our peace. If you are in a place where you need peace, where you are in a situation that feels hopeless, and you need the Lord to shine his face on you, I invite you to stand. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to pray. I won't do that for all of you. Don't worry. Don't worry if that's going to hinder you from coming forward. Oh, Father God, you know. You know what we need when we need it, God. You know that you, I just thank you that you meet us in those desperate places. You need us when we need that hope, when we need to have your face shine upon us. And that, Lord, just I just pray for my brothers and sisters here, if they're going through an experience like that, where they feel like there's no answers, there's no hope, that they would just trust you. They would release every single aspect of whatever's going on in their life to you, Father God, that you are the God of hope. You are the healer, God. You are the God that heals. And I just thank you that as we turn our face towards you, God, and you grab our hands, that we never, never walk alone, God. Thank you that you're always with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Catherine. It's my friend Catherine Bahoda. Come on up. It, it's interesting. Woo, lights. Good. That's, I don't have to be afraid. I can't see you. I can't see him. Um, <laughs> I'm going to warn you I'm a, per, I'm a crier, and you're going to have to remember because I will do this. Okay. Um, I am rejoicing this morning, and I'm also a weeper, so get ready. Just remind me to breathe, okay? okay. Um, we spent yesterday morning with a couple in Sacramento who is Chuck's nephew. Um, I come from a good, healthy, dysfunctional Christian family, okay? But we all have Jesus in common. And we have our ups and downs. And some days we talk well, and sometimes we don't. But we have Jesus in common. Chuck comes from a non-healthy, dysfunctional, pagan family. They just, they have no, they have no interest. And we've been married 49 years. Mm -hmm. And he has a nephew with whom we were yesterday. And, and Brian loves Jesus, but he has no, he doesn't have examples. And the family's been so divided that there hasn't been much opportunity. But we've been working since his younger brother died to really build into Bubby's life. Brian, we call him Bub. And at, at Christmas, we've just been, we were just trying to build bridges. And out of the blue, Brian texted me. They were in Phoenix, and he said, his new wife, Cammie, had gone into the hospital because she had what they thought was a very bad migraine. And the doctors said she has a tumor. And then they said, if you'd waited an hour, she wouldn't be here. And if you'd gotten on the plane, she would have died on the plane. So then they started digging to find out, well, not figuratively at first, but... <laughs> But they started to try and figure it out, and it turns out that it isn't a tumor. It's a pocket of very intense, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm thinking, um, bacterial infection. Inside her brain, a pocket of infection that they, they have to figure out what it is. They have to get it out. They have to contact it. So Bub texted me 
Now, there's another ad in here, you guys. I've been in a group of ladies that used to be a small group, and the small group broke up, broke up and us ladies stayed together, and we're praying friends. And I texted them immediately about Cammy. Cammy doesn't know Jesus that I know of. And we all started praying. And every day I would text her and text them and give the update. Now, I'm not going to go through it all, but I can tell you that at the time that this happened, they gave her 14% chance of life, much less any quality of life. It was hopeless. And we started praying. And we spent time with her yesterday. Cammie's 100%. Mm. Not just kind of. Mm. The doctors don't understand why there were no seizures. There was no stroke. She's just clear as a bell. And I mean, that's six months, guys, mm. from, from nothing. And she's going to church. Now, this is the other ad, guys. All of you have family members that you have prayed for forever. And though Cammy doesn't know Jesus yet, that I know of, but she's more open. But my sense is that God laid his hand on her, and he's not done. And, and you guys, we need to keep praying. Just because he did one thing, we don't need to stop. We need to keep praying, and we need to have faith that that family member that you have loved and you ached over, that God isn't done. That it's, not, it's never too late to start if you haven't. Maybe you have that family member that you love like the Dickens, but you just keep forgetting to pray about. It's not too late to start now. And he is faithful. And he is able. And he is the one who makes a way yeah. and preserves life. Amen. Thanks for sharing, Catherine. Mike Emmons, come on up here, sir. Speaking of preserving life, will you come tell this story? You've been protected from quite a few things, but recently you and your wife <coughs> saw God the protector. Yes, I would have to say that would be true. Um, let me share this first. It's the anointing right <laughs> <It> is. here. <laughs> is it okay, Catherine? Thank you. I appreciate that. The one who calls you is faithful. And this is the best part. And he will do it. My, uh, my wife and I were going to get uh, Burger Hut five weeks ago. Not Burger Hut. In and Out Burger. Way better. <laughs> That's a really important part of the story. Right? I know. <laughs> um, and so we were headed down Forest Avenue and... Uh, having a good old time, thinking about that burger. And uh, we came up to uh, Springfield Drive, and uh, we were going through the intersection, and so was somebody else. And he hit our front, right or left front uh, part of the vehicle, our car. Totaled the car. Totaled his car. And... Um, it was even even in that in that moment. It was a surprise, but I sensed, and I it's the weirdest thing. I sensed that 
some peas over this. And there was smoke going around the car, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we've got to get out of that car. Then we thought, well, it's probably the bags, and I mean every bag in the place went off. And, um, and so we get out of the car, and I'm kind of going, hmm, I think I'm okay. And uh, later on, I found out I've got a little, had a little contusion on my knee, but uh, my wife did not. She had something a little more serious. And um, she said, well, my neck is really starting to bother me. And so they, it, the miracle of the whole thing, there was a guy who was an EMT there. I don't know where he came from. And God pushed him into the, into the situation. He was right there. And he just, he guided her and got it, both of us, so that we would, <laughs> it was amazing, really. Um, sat her down on the, on the on, well, not the curb, because she knew she wasn't going to be able to get back up. But on the, on the, there was a, a fire hydrant there, and sat her down on that. And very quickly, somebody came over to me and handed me a piece of paper and said, here, I was standing over here, or I was parked over here. I saw the whole thing. A blessing. Um, we, uh, somebody had called the, called the, the police, and an ambulance came and um, took Terry to the hospital. They put one of those things, torture things on her neck, and, um, and we, they took her to the hospital. And um, the whole time, and I'm not, I'm not it, it, there was a peace over what we were doing, what was happening, and even these people running around, and even Terry sitting there, you know, a little bit concerned about her neck, but she still had peace. And the one who calls us, what is it? They're faith. He's faithful. He's faithful. And he will do it. And so we get to the hospital, and she finds out that she's got a, a, um, a compression fracture in, in uh, number seven vertebrae. And uh, they put another, a little more comfortable thing on her. And the whole time that we were sitting there, laying there, and she's laying in, in the hospital, she's peaceful, which if you knew my wife <laughs> at all, it's a miracle. She's, that right there is the miracle. And, and nothing against her. She just is, that's how she's built. And so um, she was in there for a couple days, and they sent her home. And she has been five weeks with this thing on. And she was telling me this morning uh, that all this time, all this time, in five weeks, she has, there was a lot of things going on. She had, she's been at home. She couldn't go anywhere. And so she's been dealing with all the stuff that all this entails. And she's been peaceful. And so it, it's just amazing. It really is. And um, we, we just praise God that he's in our lives. 
and that we can share this with other people that, you know what, you get in a mess like this, he is faithful. He is faithful. We, um, we went to the doctor yesterday, Friday, and, um, which wasn't yesterday. We went to the doctor on Friday, and she's going, and we're going, and she's thinking that, you know, the, that according to the people who have been coming to her house and, and talking to her about this whole thing, that she's going to be able to maybe get out of this thing and get something different. That didn't happen. She got another five weeks to go. But you know what? She's still, she's still trusting the, the Lord that he's going to be faithful. Why? Because he is. He's faithful. And so we're just gonna we're just gonna trust that that is the case, and that's who he is. And what else can we do? Well, I guess we could worry about it, and we could fret, and we could be impatient. And which, by the way, I've been a little bit over these five weeks. But you know what? He still loves us, and he cares for us, and he will do it. Yeah. He is our peace. He is our peace. He is our protector. Thanks for sharing, Mike. Don, come on up. It's my friend Don Rogers. Hello, neighborhood family. I appreciate what Stephen and Chelsea shared about being hope dealers. And I want to share you a hope dealer's story. So last night I was over in Willows and I dropped my daughter Marissa off for a catering gig over there. And I spent about three hours at Black Bear Diner, just hanging out, uh, had dinner, had my journal, just had some time just to hang out. And uh, over the course of dinner, chit-chatting with the waitress, her name was Ellen. And uh, toward the end of the evening, I was just sensing, I need to pray for Ellen. I need to offer to pray for Ellen. And so there was opportunity where I asked her, hey, has anybody offered to pray for you today? And she kind of stepped back for a second and then sat down in the booth with me. And she kind of had this wide-eyed expression on her. So I asked her, you know, is there something on your heart? Are you carrying something? And she said, it's my daughter and my stepdaughter. And their names are Sarah and Kathleen. And they both have cancer. And so we had the opportunity to go after it and to curse it to death and to speak life over Sarah and Kathleen because they need to know the goodness of God. They need to know the healing of God for today. And so I share that because there's opportunities presented to all of us to be hope dealers. Each and every day out there, there's opportunities to be able to speak life over people, to be able to contend for them, to be able to bring heaven down and to release the fragrance of Christ to them. Thanks for sharing. And I love that question. Has anyone offered to pray for you today? Church, what, a, what an easy way to open the door for a conversation and bring the hope that Jesus came to give us. Derek Sanderson, I like your shirt. Real estate is a contact sport. It's true. It is. It's a good play on words there. I uh, want to share an incredible testimony of God's provision. I know we've heard 
a few stories about that this morning. For those who aren't aware, um, my wife and I and two young boys had to make an emergency trip uh, back to Minneapolis, St. Paul. About a month ago, my mom had called and said, hey, your stepdad's not doing too good. And I called the ambulance and both my wife and I knew in that moment that we needed to get back. We didn't know what was going on. And so we were looking at our bank account <laughs> and going, okay, Lord, we know we're supposed to go, but uh, these flights are outrageously priced and we don't have the money. In fact, God has had us on this journey of trusting him financially uh, since right before the holidays. Uh, we've been going through Dame Ramsey's Baby Steps. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. Uh, we don't have any consumer debt. The only debt we have is our house. Uh, thank you, Jesus. And so we're like, we're not going to put this on credit cards. In fact, our emergency fund sh should have only lasted us about two months. Uh, and it's lasted us since Thanksgiving. Uh, no rhyme or reason. Uh, the Lord is just supernaturally provided. So we're like, okay, we know we're supposed to go, God. You're going to provide. So booked the plane tickets for four of us. It was $3,700. Uh, booked our hotel, which was almost another 2000 Rental van, another couple thousand. Uh, and so we got on the flight. We went. Uh, my dad was put in the ICU. Um, they didn't know what was going on. He had five infectious disease doctors. They said, we run every test. We don't know what it is. He's finding something that we, we don't know. Um, and so we were scheduled to, it was only supposed to be six days. So that Thursday, his numbers started improving. And so we talked with my mom and said, okay, we all feel okay for us to go back. We feel like he's improving. So Friday morning, we packed up got on our airplane, and as we're descending into Denver, I uh, got a text from my mom that said, you need to call me as soon as you land. And we land, and my mom said, he took a turn for the worse. He's probably not going to make it the rest of the day. You need to come back. So now we're standing there in Denver Airport going, how do we get back to Minneapolis? And so Southwest was amazing. They changed our ticket for us. Uh, but we really needed people that loved us and God's unique provision. The Wadlows just so happened to be flying through Denver at the same time. And they had a really long layover. We had like a six-hour layover. And we're like, what are we going to do for six hours <laughs> in an airport with a six-year-old? This is going to yeah. be really boring. But it wasn't. It wasn't at all. So they were in a completely different terminal and they're like, hey, what terminal are you in? So I was talking to Southwest and all of a sudden I turn around and there's the Wadlows uh, standing with my wife and my son. And so the boys got to run around and annoy other passengers. Uh, and so uh, we got back. My stepdad passed away while we were in the air. And... Now we're facing, okay, now we, we have to plan a funeral. We got to figure out how we're going to get back to Sacramento because they changed our flight. We don't have money for another rental car. We don't have money for another hotel. Like, God, what? <laughs> What's going on? And um, neighborhood was amazing and gracious in giving some money to it. There's a nonprofit through my brokerage. They helped cover the costs. I share all this to say... 
we're still debt-free and God covered over $12,000 in traveling costs for us to be able to go and come back. And he, guys, supernatural provision. There is no rhyme or reason. And we have these two pieces of art that are hanging in our living room. And it's the parable of the flowers of the field and the birds of the air. And we have that as a reminder. So when we're struggling, we can look at that. But for those of you who are not aware, Jesus, it's, it's so powerful. He said, the flowers of the field, the birds of the air, your, your heavenly father takes care of them. And how much more precious are you than they? And so I just want to encourage you. I know we've heard so much about provision, but he is a God who supernaturally provides. And that, again, I know I'm starting to repeat myself, but he is so faithful. Like Mike said, so faithful. If you just trust him, just trust him. Like he will absolutely provide. So, Thanks, Derek. The God who gives us what we need when we don't even know we're going to need it. Haps, come on up here. This is Brian and Jamie Hap. I don't think we both know why we're both here, but we're... <laughs> Um, what Derek said we've been just listening to stories of how good a father our God is to us Um, and that's what my testimony is about Um, it's it's been a journey to understand what kind of father God says he is because I didn't experience that in the natural and um, he's he's faithful I think probably in college at some point, it's like, God, I don't understand you as a father. And I could tell you all a million testimonies of how he showed me through some of you are in here as fathers that I've seen be an example, giving me um, a husband and daughters where I got to witness that, observe it, right? Um, Gosh, I think it was this fall. I think I shared this with you. I was pushing into that with the Lord more. And what he's done is spiritually given me mothers and demonstrated fathers to me. But I would look at a verse like this, first James, I mean, I'm sorry, James 1. <laughs> you didn't know there was James 2. <laughs> um, James 1, and he says... Um, Sorry, I think I pushed it up with my... So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. And I understood that. This is the part. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word, and we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. And I don't feel often like a prized possession in that father-daughter relationship. And so as I was with the Lord, he said, Jamie, I've shown you a father, but now you have to learn to be a daughter. (laughs) And so that's been a bit of a journey. And um, those of you who know us at this point now, we are rebuilding back our home from the campfire. 
and I was talking with um, actually Amy last weekend about, well, I don't want to, I want to trust God that he's going to do great things because I know he, who he is, but I don't want to be entitled. (laughs) And she's like, but you're a daughter of God. Like we're not, we're not supposed to, you know, think like that. And you you said it so graciously. Um, and it got me good. <laughs> um, Remember what I said. It, it was what my heart needs to say. This is probably from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. And I just have been sitting in that this week. And I went home and I went, God, where have you shown me? Because I know you're faithful. I know you've shown me yourself in that. And um and he reminded me of when we got married. <laughs> and I mean, I don't think I could have taken anyone out to lunch at that point in my account. And I didn't have a car. I had, I had nothing. <laughs> um, and yet, you know, we say I do. And I have a home. I have a car. I have, you know, and it was, but it, something that struck me was it never once did I feel like, oh, what, I don't deserve that. There, there was just no thought about it. it. It really is like, well, this is ours. I didn't ask Brian, well, how do you want me to decorate your house? Because you've been so generous. Let me live here. Hmm. Um, there was this understanding that that was who we were together. That was my place. Um, that was rightfully mine, not because I'd earned it, but because it was. <laughs> And that's what comes down to, I just think of what great love the Father has lavished on us. And we think of all these provisions, but it comes ultimately back down to because he's allowed us to be called children of God. And so just learning to walk in that. So I'm still learning. I, maybe you'll hear the completion, you know. At some point, Probably when we're with you in heaven one day. I was going to say my funeral or, yeah. He's working it out. Will you pray for us, though, that we would understand what it looks like to be his children? Thank you, yes. Oh, Lord, you're the best daddy. You're, you define what a father is. And then you called us your own. Called us your daughters and your sons. And God, I pray for my brothers and sisters here uh, who are like me, wanting to know more deep down in our soul, what that is like, and to to live in it, to walk in what is, and what you've promised, and what you've already said is, God. Would you open our eyes to the examples you have before us that we can tangibly see? Would you meet us in those places where our soul can cuddle up on your lap, Lord, Um, and we can place our head on your chest, and we can feel your heartbeat and know that it beats um, with love for us, God, and that you, we are your prized possession. Let us know that because that's what the world needs to know, God. And if we don't know it, how do we share it? So, God, would you would fill us with that today? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 See you guys. Can I share a story? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, we are rebuilding our house in paradise. And uh, you want me to step in the middle here? Okay. Okay. Um, We are um, in the middle of foundation work, and we were 
have our forms up and we um, had trucks coming, cement trucks, um, concrete trucks, I should say, I'm saying the wrong terms here, uh, coming up to, to pour in the, the perimeter, the footings of our, of our home. And this is exciting. So we ordered um, six trucks plus another truck in case we didn't have enough. And as we start pouring, the, the contractors start telling me, I'm not sure if we have enough. And I started thinking of, well, that's, that's not what I want to hear. I want to hear the opposite. And so as I'm at work and there's, you know, 10, probably 10 guys there and we're, we're working away, I start praying for loaves and fishes. Does everyone know the story in the Bible of the loaves and fishes? Um, apparently, I, I asked this contractor, I know, I know he's a believer, but he didn't remember the story. It's in the Bible, I think it's four times in four different books of the Bible. And there's five loaves of bread and two fishes. And I'm just praying for loaves and fishes. God, you know, uh, multiply whatever we have. And as we get closer and closer to the end, the contractor starts realizing that we have too much. And he calls and he cancels which would be the, so he asked for six trucks plus one more in case, as a standby, right? So he cancels the sixth truck, which means that's two less trucks than he originally was anticipating. And as we get to the end and he's, he's looking at, oh, we're almost there, but he's still thinking like, well, I, don't, I gotta make this fifth truck last longer. Well, that fifth truck l left was still concrete in it because there was more than we needed. And so thank you, God, for provision in that. And please pray for loaves and fishes over yourselves because, and, and read, read in, in, the, in the Bible. Let me share it real quick. Um, so in, um, this is John chapter six, Jesus feeds 5,000 and there was, there was crowds following him um, and because he was doing miraculous signs. Um, so here we say um, in verse five, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God and distributed them among the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish and they... They all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gathering the leftovers, not, sorry, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. So there it is. It's in the Bible. Pray for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Our God who makes a way creatively. 
Well, I'm going to pray for that for Crisosalva and their tacos, actually, because I would love to um, continue this. I know that a couple of you guys are here, but um, I invite you to sit down with someone over lunch and say, tell me your story. You could ask Derek, you could ask Maggie, you could ask Amy, tell me your story of what God has done for you. And um, if you still need prayer for something that didn't get mentioned this morning, I'm going to invite our prayer folks to come on up and um, they would love to pray for you. But otherwise, we are going to dismiss for tacos. We will see you next Sunday. We will have a regular message next Sunday and bless you. Thank you for sharing, church family. It was an encouragement to hear what God is doing. So bless you this week.